qualify this episode from the get. And I'm actually going to record it in two parts because the first part's going to be a little bit fired up. And there's a reason I called this episode No More Talkie Talkie. I want to give you some very real world, very tactical steps to creating your reality, to making or how to make your dreams your reality. But this is not for those of you who like to talk about things over and over and over again, and essentially feed the thing you don't have, feed the lack and create more of that. Grow the gap in your experience, distance yourself further because you're so busy talking, you're not actually doing. So before I get a whole bunch of negative comments and pissed off reviews, let me say, if you love to just like talk about shit and talk about your dreams and, you know, kick your feet up on the campfire and drink some beers and chill, like awesome. I totally am so down. Go chill with your brosifs and talk. If you have gotten pissed off about someone stealing an idea of yours, someone creating more success than you, if you find yourself blaming your boss or the man or the system, and that's where it ends, just resentment and judgment and vitriol, this isn't going to be the podcast for you, okay? Like the whole podcast probably, but definitely not this episode. It is a psychological phenomenon that humans replace the experience with planning. Some of us need things to look forward to. This isn't about that. (laughs) You know, it's okay to plan like the five-star vacation. I personally have a pretty amazing 50th birthday that's going to be happening, you know, whenever that rolls around. This isn't isn't making plans in the future to kind of dare to carrot in front of you. This is about never taking the action necessary to create your reality. And does that mean you need to like 10X your sales this month? No, again, not what this is about. This is calling out all of us, myself especially, who talk about things, who dream about things, who want things, and who especially find themselves a little resentful when they ain't got them things, but we're not doing anything about it, right? It can feel totally overwhelming. It can be terrifying when you actually put your dreams out there. The potential of not realizing them is so scary. A lot of us never even get started. And this has been coming up a lot, especially as we shift back into full gear, full speed ahead in our day to day. And we're more aware now than ever of the possibility and the potential ahead of us, but the, I don't like to say wasted opportunities behind us. Cause I don't believe anything is wasted there. I'm, you know, every, every challenge is an opportunity, but we can see where we have not taken the action we would expect of ourselves to be able to get the thing that we want. So is this about judgment? Is this about resentment? Is this about regret? 100% now. <laughs> And in fact, those experiences, that energetic state, those perspectives and attitudes hold you back. So it's about reframing and capturing in the moment, oh shit, like I'm so jealous of like that person on social media with all them stats or oh shit, like 
I get this a lot actually with my clients because not to toot my own horn, but they get really successful. And I remember at the beginning of this year, a client told me how, you know, they just effectively quadrupled their income since we started working with each other. They currently had their dream client, a client and a job or gig contract that like couldn't have existed a year ago due to legislation and just where certain industries are in terms of what is allowable. And in fact, what this, the product that this company that he's contracting for is going to sell is not yet legal, but will be. I think you know where I'm going with that one. Yeah, he managed to create a job in an industry that didn't exist yet at a pay level he had never dreamed possible for himself. Full transparency. My first reaction was, I haven't tripled or quadrupled my income since we started working with each other. Like, (laughs) poor me. That's an amazing opportunity. And before I even get into how you can reframe envy or jealousy, how you can reframe comparisonitis, The first, what is it? The first step to uh, recovery is admitting that you have a problem. When all we do is talk about our problems, we are feeding them. When we come at everything from a place of, I want this, I need that when I get this, it is essentially, for lack of a better term, scarcity mentality. All we're doing is focusing on the fact that we don't have. What you appreciate, appreciates what you focus your energy on will grow. There is the most elementary flow chart called the worry tree that I'll often show my ruminators and my worriers and my stressors and my anxiety people. Because there's essentially two options when you find yourself ruminating, regretting, resenting, blaming, judging. One is, can I do something about this now? If the answer is no, shift focus. If the answer is yes, create an action plan. That's it. So that's what this episode is going to be about, is how to create the action plan so that you stop spinning your wheels, you stop talking the ears off the people who are still listening to you, because again, this probably doesn't apply to you, but um, because you're listening to this podcast, which means you're fucking amazing. You know that person that just continually talks about their ideas or continually talks about their problems and you get bored, right? So this this is going to be about how to create some very simple, very doable action plans, how to empower yourself, especially when you find yourself spinning your wheels, because we all do it. Like I said in the first episode, just fucking do it. I It took me years to actually publish this podcast. And I basically got sick of myself talking about it. But then I also had a friend kick my ass uh, who was also sick of me talking about it, right? I also want to address the verbal processors in the room. I'm currently raising my hand. You can't see that. There are those of us who really do need to talk things out. (laughs) I fully encourage that. I utilize this process regularly. I have my team of experts. And I don't call each of them for everything. I have very specific people that I know will give me a metered value-added response. So I have some small business owners that I talk to. I have some people who are in more of an energetic spiritual space that I talk to. I have friends that'll call me on my shit. I also have friends that will actually listen to me emote. That's not my, I don't actually process emotionally uh, often but I know when I need to, and I will check in with them and say, do you have the capacity 
for me to vent and I really just need to be heard without fixing the problem, etc. So I think the first step in this is probably going to be understanding your unique process for creation. That's not necessarily what we'll get into since each of you are going to have your own way of um, creating. But what we will do is how to get out of your own way and stop, stop talking and start doing, you know, as Yoda said, there is no try there is do or do not. But we've got this brilliant idea. Doesn't feel real. It feels actually quite impossible or a million miles away. And talking about it really does supplement the experience. So if you are an initiator, a dreamer, a visionary, if you're, you know, my favorite people, if you have a million different ideas and it feels like sometimes they never take form or for some of, uh, for some of my people, you've tried a bunch of different things, but nothing's landed. Nothing is really taken hold. And that's discouraging, especially since the people around you tend to remind you of the fact that you've had a million different ideas and none of them have really worked. And maybe you should give up on ideas or that idea. But what I say to those people is only one is meant to stick or at least stick for long enough to prove its point and keep you entertained and give you what you want until you move on to the next thing. So don't let the fact that you've had a million ideas and none of them have ever truly become the dream, the next big thing, as I like to call it. And certainly don't let that hold you back. Why? That's obviously the fear of failure. What my consigliere pointed out to me is there's only two reasons we don't do the damn thing. One, we quite simply don't know how to do it. So we create an action plan. Two, it's the feelings behind the how, the when, the why. And unless we get our feelings straight, and believe me, feelings totally gross me out. (laughs) They're the last thing I want to think about or deal with. One, and let me also be transparent because I am quite sensitive and I do have very, very, very deep, all-consuming feelings, which is why I like to uh, process them in my own time. So it's not to say that I don't have the feels or feel the feels. It's just that I have uh, nailed the process, the emotional process for me. I digress as per usual. So the feelings behind the action plan. So let's just start with the most obvious fear of failure we're afraid we won't get it done. And quite honestly, I think we're all pretty familiar with that in the same sense that I've kind of nailed down my emotional process. You are probably very familiar with the fear of failure. And I honestly, I like to flip that coin over and look at the other side because the fear of success can be just as intimidating. A lot of people have watched entrepreneurs, small business owners, friends and families, sacrifice everything for success. Oftentimes it feels like in order to achieve the success that we dream about, we would have to give up our friends, our family, our free time, our health, our happiness, vacations, children's birthdays, toys, rewards, a coffee. You know, I mean, believe me, I used to be that person that would like nickel and dime a latte for a cappuccino because sometimes we think that's what it takes in order to be successful. And if being successful means you have to live in a cave without any type of entertainment or enjoyment or uh, rewards, 
I, I mean, I don't know about you. That's, that's not exactly the thing that's going to help keep me going and get me through the dip as Seth Godin likes to call it. So get really clear on what you're afraid of. Again, the obvious ones are fear, shame, pain. I would imagine none of your ideas are going to land you in physical pain. It's probably more the shame of not getting them over the line. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you make a mistake or fall down or even invest some money that doesn't go according to plan? Don't invest anything that you can't lose. But for the most part, it's just a little bit of ego, self-perception that might take a hit. But believe me, you, once you've made enough mistakes, they stop. They stop mattering and you really begin to look at them like a learning opportunity. You realize that even the biggest, most embarrassing, most public shamings give you the wherewithal to grow and expand and learn. And even if you repeat the same mistake once, twice, even three times, you learn, you grow and you become more resilient. Once you've addressed some of the feels, and here's the thing, just call it out. Like, I'm curious, what's holding me back here? How do I really feel about this? And then just get to the next step, which is the action plan. Believe me, your fears will pop up as you start planning. I don't have the money for that. I don't have the time for that. What will so-and-so think? I wonder if I can get them help to help. What if they won't help me? Like, those are all of the fears we need to address, right? So just kind of keep a separate log of everything that pops up. That is your ego telling you, stay safe, stay small, don't try this. And again, it, it gets more and more subtle. It's not like you're too fat, you're too old. It's like, do you understand how to use that web platform? Maybe you should take a 10 you know, 10 week course on how to do Google Analytics. That is actually fear of failure, keeping you from just setting up a Google ad and trying to figure it out. And the last thing I'll say in terms of fear of success, what is your definition of success? I talk about this a lot. Again, I'm not that's not this episode, but get clear on your definition. How will you know you've been successful at the end of this particular action plan? And then ask yourself that for every single step in the action plan. So very obvious segue to the action plan. And again, I'm going to keep this pretty high level because dreams feel impossible. So we just start with the impossible dream and the make-believe timeline. A lot of you are perfectionists. You want to know exactly how and exactly when this is all going to unravel. We're going to have to set that aside. That's definitely wrapped up into your fears. But just bear with me while we do some big picture planning. That will give us some targets to aim for. Now, are these targets going to be judgments of our success? Absolutely not. They just start to help us step out this action plan. So the obvious, I'm just going to obvious one here. I want to make $300,000 in 10 years. So that means in five years, we need to be $150,000. In two years, we need to be at $75,000. So in one year, I probably need to be hitting forty dollars to $50,000 in terms of revenue for this example. So not my business is grossing, this much money is coming in, but I'm putting this much money in my pocket. This is my profit. Time out. Uh, $300,000, whatever the fuck those numbers are. I'm just picking numbers here. This isn't a suggestion. Uh, this will not determine your happiness. This sure as shit doesn't mean you're successful. It's just a random ass number for this example. Game on. So we're at forty dollars to $50,000 in the next 12 months. We just divide that number. Potentially, let's go by four to keep the math easy. So we need to be doing $10,000 a quarter in profit. 
three thirty five hundred a month. Okay, now we have a month plan. Now we might be making three dollars, or we might be making three thousand dollars. All our current is going to do is help us understand what we need to shift, change, introduce, test in order to get to our target. Now, if we blow our target out of the water, we can adjust our targets accordingly. If we don't come even close to hitting that target, we adjust our target accordingly. doesn't matter if you hit it dead on in the center or not. What matters is understanding the process to creating this dream. Obviously, there's a million different ways we can hit that target. Pick one and then, again, create the action plan. Another very obvious example, let's say I need to raise my prices. I, I know I'm already doing 100 sales a month and I'm trying to hit $3,500 and maybe my sales or my average price per product is $25. So I can raise the price by 10 bucks. That is a large increase in price for a $25 product. We're going like almost a 50% increase in price. We can test that though. We can test test it. Say, well, I'm going to just double my pricing essentially. And I only have to sell a third of as much. I might've gotten that math wrong. I'm spitballing here now. Or what we can do is say, well, I'll, I'll increase prices by 10%. So let's say it's $28 now. People probably aren't going to notice that. And then in order for me to hit my $3,500 target selling $28 units, I need to sell 125 so I'm going to need to increase my pricing a little bit and then increase my sales a little bit. Now, increasing sales and pricing 10 to 20% isn't that big of an ask. You know you created a doable action plan when you switch into action gear, which means your brain goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, I can charge $28 for that. That's easy. I can charge, I can sell 25 more over 100. That's easy. If that feels impossible, break it down even more. Maybe it's doing a flash sale. You know that anytime you do a 24-hour flash sale, you double your sales numbers. Start with something that feels doable and just have a play with it. What we're trying to do is create a success process. So now we know we can hit this target. That means if we just stay on track, we will achieve our unachievable, impossible dream. Now we can start to adjust our targets if we want to reduce that timeline. And it can actually be that simple. So all we're doing is reverse engineering the impossible dream. We're picking a make-believe date and a make-believe metric so that we're able to then divide up those targets into timelines that take us back to today. And this is the last part of uh, no more tucky tucky, because once you've got the action plan, once you've addressed your fears, the, re the real reasons why you're not taking the first step, we get back into that how and that when. We all want the guarantee. And I promise you, I would bet a gajillion dollars on if I told you you would be 100% successful and you would 100% achieve your dreams if you just continue to step this out, whatever that looks like, as long as you don't quit, you will be successful. You won't quit. <laughs> like if there were certainty and guarantees in life, we would all be sitting on the beach, drinking a margarita, smoking a Bob Marley Smith. Or, oh, that just me. Okay. All we're trying to do is figure out the growth versus the actuals. 
And I think this is where all of my like, I hate structure and I hate discipline and planning is for pussies people. It's not about the end result. It's about how we get there. And so you set these targets again, not to hit them, not to judge yourself, to understand your process. How do you work best? When do you work best? Just as an example, like I love procrastination. Most of my artists are sublime procrastinators. And the energy and output and creativity that comes through at that last minute is powerful. There is nothing wrong. I don't think with procrastinating. The problem with it is feeling bad. Feeling guilty, beating yourself up, it takes up so much of your bandwidth for creative output. So if you could just wipe out your schedule the four days before the exhibition date or the you know three days before deadline and just let people know, like, don't talk to me, don't expect me to shower or eat, and I'm not like picking the kids up from school or going to the grocery store, paying any bills or answering any emails, you know, if you could just create that space. I think, I think procrastination is a really powerful tool. It's just the way that we're approaching it. And if that's how we work best, if we know we're just really not going to get a lot done until the quote unquote last minute, that's cool, man. Give yourself permission to work the way that you work best. When I started to really dig into my process, my productivity, I realized I am best, I'm most creative early in the morning. Like before people talk to me, before I look at my phone, before I look at my emails, um, before the sun fucking wakes up, like that's really when I am at my highest creative output. I hate waking up early in the morning. (laughs) Like it took me two years of workshopping this. And that's like, talk about, um, you know, creating an action plan. My goal was simply to wake up early enough that I had a a stress-free day. I call it snooze or cruise. I can hit snooze or I can cruise. And that time, kind of depending on if it's summer or winter, is like between 5 and 6 a.m. And if I'm honest, when I'm really taking care of myself, I wake up all by myself at around 4.30 in the morning. Now, I'm not saying I get out of bed at that time. And most of the time I'm not taking good enough care of myself for that flow. But what I learned in testing and iterating and improving is if I allow myself to start my day with nothing on my calendar, I block it out until 7.30 and I get three hours of creative freedom, whether that means like laying in bed and staring at the ceiling or getting up, moving, meditating, writing, talking, uh, it's, it's a complete game changer. And now I have that available to me. Now I know that is part of my creative process. And again, it took two years of playing around with it, of wishing that like I could be the night owl. But I just, if I leave the creative products, if I leave the goals, the targets, I get, I I teeter out at like four or five in the evening. And uh, procrastination is such a distraction for me. I continually think about that thing that I'm not doing. That it, it, again, detracts from my ability to be present in the moment. So I've just learned how I work best. And that absolutely influences how I build out my dream plans. I've got the next big thing, as I like to call it. It popped into my head a few weeks ago. And the, my first step was sharing it with a few trusted people. 
to just get it out of my head and get feedback on, is this ridiculous? Am I being a ridiculous human? Because I have very ridiculous ideas and I've made some very ridiculous investments. The feedback I got was positive. Next step, see aforementioned ridiculous investments, scope out a financial projection plan for a variety of different scenarios because I don't know the how and I don't know. This is such a big dream that there are a variety of factors that could influence it. If I stay in the current house that I'm in, if the house next door goes up for sale, if I find a multifamily unit that makes sense, if that's in the city, if that's rural, if that's in Colorado, if that's in Utah, if that's in Idaho, if that's in New Orleans. So I started to get some ballpark numbers together so that I understood what this could potentially cost, what this could potentially make, what the investment might take, what the potential profit could be and how I could create some sustainable income within this project. So it was more of a B core setup rather than a strictly for profit, like S core C core type structure. And so um, I'm getting into the weeds with this, but the point being, I know my process. I need to, I need to say it out loud that I need to crunch the numbers. Then I can really start looking at, okay, so what is my next step? If I need to borrow a significant amount of money, what do I need to get ready now? I talk to a lender about that. Talk to reach out to a couple of real estate agents, people who I will need the, the when I am ready to pull the trigger on this project. Set up a couple of searches and automations and so that I, I'm getting the information that I need on a daily basis and I'm spending a little bit of time every day. My goal 20 minutes every day, just plotting this out, thinking about it a little more, improving the projections, talking to some other people, potential investors, potential partners, and just really, really planting some seeds. That's my process. I am setting targets around time investment at this point. So like I said, 20 minutes a day at the end of the month, I can see where am I at? How much more information do I have? What am I still missing? And how do I feel about everything? Am I excited? Do I feel like this is expansive? What gaps do I need to close? Who else do I need to talk to? As an example, I'm going to talk with a friend of mine who's been managing properties for years and years and years, big and small. So I'm going to ask her for some profit and loss statements and see if I can get some cash flow statements so I can get a better idea of how other people manage the type of project that I'm trying to build out. Also looking at some alternative creative ways of funding it, like building out a blockchain, an altcoin that could potentially benefit some of the people that I will be targeting with this new project so that it is something that supports rather than charges, shall we say. Anywho, I feel like I'm talking in like incredible vagities, but the point is that, is that a real word? Vagities? I don't think I'm not even going to look it up. Um, Let's just pretend I didn't say that. Thanks. To wrap this one up, no more talkie talkie take action. If it is not something that you can do now, make a date to start the plan. You don't need to know what that means. And you sure shit don't need to know how or when you're going to make this big ass dream a reality. Once you start, firstly, just draw awareness. First up, draw awareness to your fear of failure and the flip side of that coin, your fear of success. Now that we've called that out, get into the action plan and just keep a log of the fears. They might show up like objections They might show up like concerns. They might show up like a voice in your head asking a million questions and telling you you need to do a thousand other things instead of just complete this action plan. That's fantastic. Just write them down. Get back to the action plan. All the action plan is, step number two, is just picking a, a metric and a date of completion. 
then we just divide that timeline up into chunks that bring you back to today. So typically divide it in half, then divide that half number by years, divide that in half again, depending on how many years we're talking, get into quarterly and then monthly until you get to today. Then all we want to do is really focus on our targets with an understanding it's not about hitting the targets. It is understanding our actuals versus our growth. So what are we doing on a day-to-day versus what did we target and how can we iterate and improve on our day-to-day, on our weekly, on our monthly output so that we're growing and expanding and getting closer to that target. Okay, I think that's all I have to say on that one. This was a short one. See, no more talkie-talkie. 